the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, friends. This is Wendy Scott. I want you to know about my personal friend, Mark Romanowski, and his locksmith and fire door inspection business. Mark decided to sponsor Season Watch to share the great joy he's experienced since he gave his life to Jesus. He accepted the Lord later in life and hopes that you won't wait to have the same peace, too. Mark's always saying, hey, man, you just need Jesus. And that's true. So if your commercial building has fire doors, contact Mark's fire door inspection services. He can inspect and certify all your fire doors and help fix the most common problems with fire marshal inspections. Like Jesus helps us pass God's inspection for heaven. You can find Mark's services and contact info at San Diego Fire Door Inspection.com. That's San Diego Fire Door Inspection.com. Thank you and God bless. Welcome to Season Watch with Wendy Scott, where we observe the things coming on the earth through biblical binoculars because the Bible is both timely and timeless. With her master's degree in rhetoric and writing skills, Wendy is a part time college professor, but a full time truth professor. She believes the Word of God is his perfect revelation, including a young earth six day creation, as well as the global flood inundation, and that Israel is God's chosen nation. Faith alone in Jesus is salvation, the true church rapture comes pre-tribulation, followed by Christ's millennial domination and his eternal kingdom with earth's regeneration. Jesus is coming without hesitation. And now, here's Wendy with today's topic. Hello, friends. Thank you again for joining me with Season Watch, and we'll begin with prayer. And uh, Lord, we just uh, hand all of our concerns and cares to you. We know that as the day approaches that um, it might even get more turbulent, and Satan wants to throw us off of our assignments, and he wants to um, get us feeling discouraged and frustrated and um, have doubts, Lord. And so we want to ask you to build up our hearts, build up our minds, and strengthen us for the time ahead. Help us to keep our eyes on you and to trust you with all of our needs. As you said, we can cast all our cares on you for you care for us. And so, Lord, we just want to deliver them to you again. Help us to know how to pray for others and to break down strongholds and to um, cover the things with spiritual thoughts and prayers. And so we, we give all this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And friends, there is a lot going on in the world, and I hope you're paying attention. By the way, uh, last week I announced that I had uploaded a, a little video on my regular Rumble channel, Wendy's Words for Him. Um, and you can go there. By the way, you don't need the app to look at Rumble. It's like YouTube. You can just go on you know, the regular, just go online and put in rumble.com. You could search for you know anybody who has a platform there. And my regular video platform, Wendy's Words for Him, I have that alien video. Hey, what's going on with aliens? And then I'm going to upload the second part about Nephilim. And is Genesis chapter six tied to it? And I I think that's an interesting question we hear people talk about. If it's interesting to you, go check it out. And hopefully that'll be insightful. But uh, friends, there's a lot going on in the world and I hope you're paying attention. There's wars, rumors of wars, increasing moves towards global government, universal digital IDs and digital money. It's all coming down the pike. And now we've got earthquakes and 
record heat waves, a bunch of weird weather all over the place. And, of course, there's suggestion that it's controlled by the government, right? There's that uh, geoengineering <laughs> suggestion that's going on that they've been doing for years. And uh, we've got strange fires. We're moving troops into the Middle East and Eastern Europe, and they're hardly talking about it. And generally, we're overturning decades of international relations and policies. And now we hear that the vice president is calling for population reduction. Is that insane? Did you hear that? And, uh, of course, that's what's in their heart. And I always say, okay, you guys first. <laughs> and um, we know that Google just announced that they're going to start censoring unacceptable ideas off their platform. So that's YouTube, Google, anything that Google controls. And don't forget, you've got an Alexa in your house. There you go. Who knows? And so we have to stop giving control over to these people uh, just because their technology is convenient. I'm glad they're admitting that they're censoring now, but um, they're saying it outright. And unfortunately, there's a lot of Americans going, yeah, we shouldn't listen to harmful or untrue ideas. And friends, that's that's our Second Amendment. When the government is working <laughs> with uh, media platforms to censor your ideas, uh, you should be concerned. And if you're not, you got to start paying attention, right? And so we have an interesting situation. Also, more prisoners are continuing to be rounded up for the January 6th entrapment of political dissenters against this administration and against uh, whatever the results of the, the, the 2020 vote were. And it gets better. We have a former president now being charged with acts that have never been crimes before. And interestingly, the judge, Tanya Chutkin, is also famous for giving harsh speeches and harsh sentencing to January 6th defenders. So she is sentencing January 6th defenders, and she's actually given more jail time than requested by prosecutors, and a lot of these are just misdemeanor offenses, and many of them have already been in custody for up to a couple of years, ever since they were arrested, and so it just they just pile on, and there seems to be... Uh, no justice, no constitution. And this is the judge. Judge Tanya Chutkin is the judge presiding over Trump's indictment for questioning the election, which, by the way, is always a constitutionally protected right. It's a right that Democrats have exercised every election of a Republican president since George Bush, including, as you might recall, the first election of Donald Trump. And at the same time that Trump was gagged by the media for from raising any questions about Biden's involvement in Hunter's pay-for-play money scheme with Ukraine Burisma and Chinese Communist Party companies, um, the evidence is so strong that uh, Trump was impeached over his efforts to investigate Biden, which I don't know, I think you're allowed to do if there's corruption involved in the government. But um, even as he ran for president in 2020, and so then during the 2020 election, Hunter Biden's laptop was revealed in, uh, I think, October or something, containing details about the Biden family business of trading access to his father's influence on, on U.S. policy in exchange for millions of dollars. And so to silence these revelations during the election, 50 former members of the FBI actually signed a document. It was right there in October in 2020 while the election was hot when we would want to be asking these questions. 50 former FBI agents signed a document claiming that Hunter Biden's laptop was a Russian disinformation hoax. And it discredited the details revealed about the Biden family crimes. And so there we go. And then we had an election. 
this false claim by the intelligence community gave cover for all mainstream and social media companies to censor the discovery in October during the 2020 election when people were still making their decisions. And interestingly, a subsequent poll of Democrat voters revealed that 15% of them would not have voted for Joe had they been informed about the revelations of the laptop on his family business with foreign entities. And so, right, because it gives us pause to consider, right? Time to, we want to consider these things and find out if there's any truth to them. And now Hunter Biden has committed so many crimes that violating, like violating tax evasion for millions of dollars, gun and drug violations, that the administration can't keep a lid on it. They told you not to talk about it in 2020, but it still keeps resurfacing. And so for the next two years, the FBI slow walked the investigation until many of the crimes had passed the statute of, a limit, of limitations. And still questions about Hunter Biden crimes Persisted. So here things get interesting. Recently, a Delaware prosecutor, David Weiss, was selected to investigate and prosecute Hunter Biden for any crimes that wouldn't go away. Under pressure from several agencies, Weiss offered a sweetheart deal for gun charges and from some other minor crimes. And apparently the Biden defense team and the prosecutor Weiss had hashed these uh, these terms out together. Uh, but the plea deal was thrown out by the judge of uh, that was coming that they came before, and that judge had discovered that part of the agreement said that if Hunter Biden did not commit any crimes for the next two years, hmm, that's about the length of his dad's term, then he could never be prosecuted for any other crimes that might have come to light during the investigation, including the pay-for-play schemes that apparently um, are revealed on the laptop. And so after the judge threw out the plea agreement because of that tricky stipulation, hello, you can, you can never pro- – what kind of a prosecutor says, and we can never prosecute you again? I mean, who would do that? Um, and so after she threw that out, she asked if the rest of the plea agreement would go ahead and stand, and both sides refused. So it seems that that little hidden, tricky agreement in the plea deal, um, that little hidden part was the part they wanted to sneak by, and that that would be the way to get um, Biden off the hook, apparently. I mean, what else can you make of this? And so uh, why would a prosecutor want to tie law enforcement's hands on prosecuting serious crimes? That's your job is to prosecute serious crimes and even somewhat treasonous crimes. We don't know, but you should. we should investigate. Why aren't we really digging in? Why are we saying we can't investigate in the future? And so if you're a fair-minded American and just want what's best for the country, if you aren't comfortable with the idea that politicians might sell out the country for their own money, no matter what side of the aisle they're on, then you might think, hey, I wonder if that prosecutor was actually trying to protect the Biden family. And that's a fair question. And you might reflect on how the FBI seemed like it was also protecting the Biden family because now it's clear that those agents who had signed that, they had no basis for that. So that's quite a risk for their reputation, isn't it? And then you might also wonder what an interesting coincidence it is that the very prosecutor that gave Hunter a literal get-out-of-jail-free card, this David Weiss, was now as you probably have heard, just appointed by Attorney General Merrick Garland as the special counsel 
for Hunter Biden's investigation. Well, since we can't prosecute right now, we're going to have a special counsel investigate. And guess what? We're going to appoint the Delaware prosecutor who just gave him a get-out-of-jail, tried to give him a get-out-of-jail-free card. Hmm. So the very prosecutor who tried to slip this get-out-of-jail-free card by the judge so that a future president, say Trump perhaps, couldn't prosecute Hunter for his father or for their crimes. Yes, that same prosecutor, David Weiss, was appointed to supposedly an unbiased position in the special counsel on investigation. He's not even supposed to be from the law enforcement community. He's supposed to be outside of that, but not not anymore. But in, Tamer- in America today, this is not a problem. The mainstream news won't talk about it. Google probably will start censoring it. Americans won't put two and two together because nobody's really letting them, right? And so, oh, yes, there is a special counsel now, people will say. We'll get to the bottom of it. If there's anything there, the statute of limitations, before the statute of limitations run out, right, I'm sure we'll find it. That's what Americans will say. And America will rest on this fact that if there's anything to be found, it will be found and they will forget about it. And so we have a distinct breakdown in our constitutional republic. And on one hand, accusations that, quote, no one is above the law have justified prosecuting a former president that is the political rival of a sitting president for doing things that have never been a crime before by a judge that has a record of harshly sentencing January 6th offenders. Friends, you can't make this up. Beyond that, those sentences requested by the prosecution, a judge that allows defenders to sit in jail without a speedy trial, without bail, without access to video evidence or other records possessed by the government to help in their defense, which is constitutionally guaranteed. This is the judge. This is the judge that's presiding over the trial of a man she overtly hates, the former president. And so Hunter Biden, by extension, his father's high crimes against America, attested to by multiple avenues of evidence, these have been censored, suppressed, buried, lied about, and have been given to an investigator that is not outside the justice system, nor unbiased. And so, friends, as I've said, the America we knew is over. There was a spiritual coup of our nation in 2021 when the 117th Congress opened in prayer and spiritually handed over America to a demon, Brahma, binding our constitutional system of justice and praying a curse over the integrity of our representative American government. And why? Because we allowed the wicked to kick God out of our institutions and out of our culture, and now they want to finish the job. So, friends, Jesus is coming back soon. If you haven't accepted Jesus, uh, his free gift of salvation and his payment for your sins, he paid for the whole world, the sins of the whole world, every sin that would ever be committed, he paid for it, whether they would take him up on it or not. That's talk about justice. He gave it all. And if you want, now is the time you're going to want to receive his payment. Just tell him you believe in Jesus, that he died and rose again, that he paid for your sins. Tell him you want to go to heaven, that you want to know him, that you want to follow him. Tell him from your heart, because time is short. You can see it with your own eyes. These things are not normal. You know it's true. You know that the universe did not make itself out of nothing, right? 
and you know that a God made it. This is a logical conclusion of all the evidence. And now you just need to receive the love of that God who has a good plan for your life, who wants you in his care. So time is short. Stop putting it off. You need to get ready, friends. And whether you're in his care or not, everybody, we all need to get ready. And so, friends, after our little excursion into a world falling apart, as all the prophetic pieces are falling together, let's continue our preparing for spiritual battle series. And as we fasten your truth belts, today we're going to talk about dressing wounds of discouragement to prevent the infection of doubt. And so last week we discussed how we can experience a seeping wound of discouragement when we're facing a long-term situation that seems to have no hope for resolution in sight. These might be things like chronic pain or illness or health issues or a dead-end job or difficult economic situations maybe we've lived in for a long time. Um, Maybe plans for our life have not turned out the way we wanted them to, right? And we don't see, we think it's too late. Life circumstances like a troubled home or addiction in the home uh, really discourage us. They seem like there's no hope. And just getting older or losing relevance or mobility in our lives or feeling lonely or forgotten or unwanted in the world. And we can feel unneeded Or we might be struggling with sin. We feel like, oh my gosh, I should be past this by now. All these things can discourage us. And over a long period of time, anything that persists for a long time that seems to have no resolution can become a barrier for our joy, right? And even Paul dealt with long-term health issue, and we can see how he handled it in 2 Corinthians 12, 7. It says, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations— A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, listen to that, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And you notice that he identified Satan as the messenger, but was given permission by God. And we have to recognize this. We have to have this perspective because God has an underlying purpose. And until we accept that, we can trust him with that. These things are very, very discouraging because they're very real experiences. Of course they are. They wear us down. And somehow we have to do a spiritual ninja on how we look at it, even as we feel like we're suffering. And so we see that God may allow a long-term discouraging situation in our lives, but as Paul revealed, he trusted God with it and that God would turn it to good. And remember, Paul is the one who gave us Philippians 4.13, when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But we forget to look at the context, and Paul is not making some absurd claim about his own power of accomplishment, when we have to look at verses 11 through 12 to remember what he's talking about. It says, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Well, Paul, it's easy for you to be content. Really? 
I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So he's talking about suffering. He's learned to be content whether his life is abounding or full of suffering. And we know he did suffer, right? He suffered hunger and shipwreck, being hunted by his fellow Jews and the Pharisees, which he was a member of at one point. He suffered persecution from the Gentiles and the government, beatings and stonings. Uh, Yet this is the man who gave us Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And we cling to this verse to help us trust him through the fiery trials and the setbacks and all manner of discouragement because we must believe that he is faithful. And we do suffer times of discouragement, both long-term and in the immediate. And some immediate setbacks that discourage us can be maybe trouble getting others to support us or to join us on a vision or just to stand with us for things that we believe in. Um, We might hear no a lot and not find the yes, depending on whatever we're seeking for, whatever we're trying to do. Then we might find challenges to accomplishing our goals that we have set before us. And we might experience failed expectations on our hopes and our plans. Or there's naysayers in our life that don't support us or take us down, uh, might even be against us and prevent us from moving forward, obstacles that prevent us from moving forward that are very discouraging. And we think of that if they would just move or if they would just, right? And and then we have perceived personal failures. There's the gamut of perceived personal failures where there's this moment where we go, oh, it's never going to change. And or I can't believe I blew it. And that actually ties to shame, which we talked about in an earlier episode. Um, But the problem is that we can often have our eye on the wrong goal. And we think we have failed, but perhaps the goal was not from God to begin with, or that was not what God intended for the outcome when he set us on that path, right? So God. lots of times we really do hear from God, and we take a journey, we set out on a path, and we assume what the outcome will be if God is with us, and we don't realize it's not always the outcome we think it should be. And we're impatient and don't understand God's training plan or even battle strategies. We offer, often suffer setbacks at lower stakes failures so that we can assess or assess the battle, grasp new concepts, and develop a better strategy befitting conditions. And we might suffer a temporary setback and we think it's overwhelming and more than we can take. And yet, that setback may be there to train us for something that's higher stakes. And uh, one example of that is my recent trip to Jerusalem. It really set me back. And I've talked about this in earlier episodes. I'd planned to share the gospel in the old city. I printed up all kinds of pamphlets ready to do it. And I, I just really wanted to love them and give them an opportunity, hoping to have conversations with Jewish people and to show them all the prophecies and the scriptures that pointed to Jesus. I believe that if they just saw them with their own eyes, that God would open their hearts. And instead, I I met great resistance from the Orthodox community 
I couldn't get a footing, and there was great hostility, and I came home with my tail between my legs. But now as I look back, I can see that my intended goal and apparent failure was really a low-stakes setback compared to what God showed me as spiritual principles. And I was able to assess, after action analysis, assess what happened, and he revealed to me important spiritual discoveries about the time that we're in and the changes that are coming spiritually because of the end times. And so even though I was initially discouraged and felt like a failure, when I let him show me, it turned out to be an immense training lesson. I learned so many things from, and I'm prepared more for the future. And that's how we must always look at these things. And I earnestly seek his will. And as long as we earnestly seek his will, then, and our goal is to please him, then God will obtain his objective, even if we didn't understand what it was. No matter how it might look like a failure, we have to trust that to God it was not. And Paul was clearly discouraged when all of his companions left him in his final days of prison. Then he says that at my first defense, no one stood with me, all forsook me, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. And so we must take his cue and trust that the Lord has his plans, that we can't have our own expectations about success and failure. We must go through the process in our hearts to once and for all trust God that he loves us, that he has a good plan, that there will be a purpose and a glory in the things that we do suffer because we trust them to him. And so... As we prepare for next week to look at how discouragement, unfortunately, can lead to doubt and offense and bitterness and even a falling away. We must train to dress those wounds of discouragement early so that we can prevent the ultimate problems of our doubt. And so until next time, God bless you all. Join Wendy Scott every Saturday at 3 p.m. on K-Praise for another episode of Season Watch. Previous episodes can be found through the K-Praise podcast platform, where you can also access Wendy's other platforms and contact links. Please email Wendy with show comments, questions, or suggestions at wscott at mywordsforhim.com or visit her website at mywordsforhim.com for additional resources. Watch other teachings on her Rumble channel. Wendy's Words for Him, her fiction novel, The Lost, A Story of Christmas, can be found on Amazon. Until next week, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.